Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Say It Loud Network presents Business of the Beat. Hi, I'm Kendra Bracken-Ferguson, and I am a founder, brand builder, entrepreneur, and believe in the mantra, Carpe Diem. I created this podcast, Business of the Beat, through my own experience as a beauty executive to talk about, tell stories, and highlight the business of beauty through conversations with beauty and wellness entrepreneurs, intrapreneurs, helping to diversify the industry. This week on Business of the Beat. You know, you have those that love you say negative things and they don't always mean to shoot you down, but they think it's best for you. Oh, well, you shouldn't do that because that's not going to provide for you. How are you going to have a living like this? So they, I got that, but I didn't care. I wanted to do it. I saw other people doing it at that point. So I knew it was possible. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Kendra Bracken Ferguson, and welcome to Business of the Beat. Today's guest is Brittany Scott, Director of Education at Blushington. Before we get started, don't forget to follow, rate, and subscribe to Business of the Beat on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. You don't want to miss an episode, and we love to hear from you. Your feedback means so much to us, so please subscribe, rate, and review. All right, everyone. Brittany is a makeup artist and director of education. Her initial career path was architecture, but in college, she realized this wasn't the proper career choice. From there, she began her formal training into the beauty industry with cosmetology. It was then she quickly realized hair was not her passion, but while still in school, began exploring more in the makeup field. Prior to graduation, she became an assistant to an already established makeup artist and was able to learn from her how to begin building herself and her career. While assisting, she also began working for Benefit and their brow bar. She fell in love with the art of the brows and expertly shaping them. The more she did them, the better she got and was soon given the name Brit Brow. She wanted to continue growing as a makeup artist and found Blushington. It was there she was able to fine tune her skills as a makeup artist and to learn how to remain humble and continue learning. She was recently promoted to director of education at Blushington and immediately been curating what is now known as Blushington Academy for Artist Advancement. We're going to hear all about this one today. She has had the privilege of working on commercials, music videos, photo shoots, celebrities, and many weddings, and gained a lot of knowledge that she is now able to share with others. And she's going to share it with all of us today. So with that, Britt, welcome to Business of the Beat. Thank you so much. It's so nice to actually be able to have this one-on-one conversation with you. I know. It's like we were on a Zoom yesterday and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't wait for our show. (laughs) So this is exciting. And I have to say... You know, Lushington is just near and dear to my heart. When I started Brain Trust, 
Blushington was literally one of my first clients. It was Halle Berry and it was Blushington. Yeah. And it was just amazing. And as Blushington was starting, we were starting. And so this last year, as you were becoming director of education, I was joining the advisory board and have had the honor of just working with you and the team and just kudos to you. I mean, what you all have been able to build with the Washington Academy for Artist Advancement during a pandemic, during civil unrest has just been phenomenal. And you were really the educator and the leader in that. So I'm excited to talk about it. Um, before we jump in, I would love for you to just share your background, like where you're from. You went from architecture to Brit Brow, Brow extraordinaire architect. I mean, the similarities in terms of creating things and building things, you know, are so similar. So, so tell us everything about you from now, from back then to now. Okay. Yes. Um, it's so funny because they're so they're so related, and I'll talk more about that because I definitely have to give shout out to my architecture teacher for some of the training he gave me that I still use today. But born and raised in Los Angeles, loved beauty. I was a girly girl. I wanted my nails to have polish. If my mother had on lipstick, I wanted some of it. I love red lipstick probably because she wore it all the time. Um, I just fell in love with beauty and never thought that I could actually make a career out of it. So it was very exciting when I found out that there were makeup artists out there making money, living their lives and loving their lives. Um, But before that, I went to school for architecture because I love math and I like to draw. I really like math um, to to nerd myself out. During quarantine, I was doing calculus and trigonometry for fun. Wow. Okay, I need to introduce you to my six-year-old. This will be great. You're our new tutor. Yes, it's so much fun to me. So because of that, I decided architecture will be fun. And I love older buildings, um, those gothic type of architecture, the the cathedrals and all of that. So when I was studying it, I went to Morgan State University in Baltimore and I had an architecture teacher who did, I don't want to say hated technology, but he wasn't <laughs> a fan of technology. And so because of that, he made us, I think it was our semifinal. We had to draw straight lines on a paper freehand and he would come by with a ruler. And if it wasn't straight, you automatically failed. So for a whole half semester, we're just practicing drawing straight lines. And I think that really correlates with makeup, especially brows, because they have the most structure of anything that you have on the face. They have to have straight lines. They have to have perfect angles and they have to taper. So it's a lot of geometry sort of to it. And he forcing us to learn how to draw a straight line freehand, I think really made my brow game elevate because I have that eye. I can see a straight line and I can create one. So Shout out to him. Wow. That is just so interesting because when we're doing things, we don't understand what mastering a skill is going to do for us in the future, right? So many people want to like learn something and then automatically they're using it. They're growing from it. They've had success from it, especially whenever you're building a business, which we'll talk about your business. And I love that because here you are taking a full semester, practicing a line, being like, I want to build buildings. I want to design. Why am I like, you know, get me to it. And then years later to say that that skill was so fundamental in a career that you didn't even know you were going to do. Because at this point, you're like, I'm going to be an architect. So it's just fascinating the tenacity that you had to, to stick with it. And I'm assuming that you drew the straight line and you passed. 
I did. <laughs> I you're, like, you're like, yes, that, that's what got me here. I did. I did pass. Yeah. And so talk a little bit more. I love how you say like watching your mom, you know, I, I have a six year old. And so we're constantly in this conversation about like every time I change my nails, she knows every time I'm putting on makeup, like I was looking at photos and she's like doing the whole thing. And so you talk about the inspiration from your mom. And as you were transitioning and saying you wanted to be a makeup artist, like, did you have the conversation with your mom? How did you kind of make that pivot after being in school for architecture? Okay, so I had no conversation. (laughs) So I have a really great relationship with both of my parents. And um, I like to share what's going on with in my life with them regularly. I did not tell my dad or my, well, I think I told my mom, but I did not tell my dad I was going to cosmetology school because I knew he wasn't going to be a fan. And it wasn't because he didn't love me. It's just he had an idea. He's old school. You go to college, you get a degree, you get a career and then you do that until you retire. And I was not doing that. So it was I think I started school Monday. So I think I told him Sunday night. I was like, So tomorrow I'm going to cosmetology school. And you could see the disappointment visibly on his face and it hurt. But I went and I wanted to talk to him about it because I was getting excited about it and he didn't want to talk about it. So it was hard, but it only lasted like three months. And then he started to see just how I was growing and the possibilities. And I won't say that he was on my side right after that, but it did take him time. And now he's my biggest fan. He carries my business cards in his pocket. (laughs) Before he retired, he came home from work one day and said, women really have bad eyebrows. And I was like, like, you were like, dad, this is it. (laughs) This is it. He can break down a face when he's watching the news. He can say, oh, I, I like the way they did her makeup because and he'll break down the whole face. He knows he knows enough to be my assistant at this point. So <laughs> he definitely came around, but it was not a conversation because I knew it was not going to go the way I wanted it to go. So I just did it and just kept doing it. No matter what people around me said, I had, you know, you have those that love you say negative things and they don't always mean to shoot you down, but they think it's best for you. Oh, well, you shouldn't do that because that's not going to provide for you. How are you going to have a living like this? So they, I got that, but I didn't care. I wanted to do it. I saw other people doing it at that point. So I knew it was possible. So I just kept at it. I love that. And I love how you said I saw other people doing it and I knew it was possible. We talk a lot about representation and seeing ourselves as black women, as women, and just also as a community doing things, right? Um, one of our guests, Daria Burke, she said, seeing is believing is becoming. And we always use that through line because the more that we can see ourselves, the more that we know we can follow our dreams. And it's hard, you know, parents do have this you know, and, and a lot of it, I think, is from fear, like, because whenever I became a parent, you know, I was like doing all kinds of stuff. And then you have this child and you like want them to be good and you're like worried. So I'm so happy to hear the relationship with you and your dad. He's like, I've got the cards. Your brows aren't great. Let me introduce you to my daughter. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's so it's so funny. I feel like I ruined most of my family because they all can tell now. Um one of my best friends, he always tells me he's every time I meet a girl, all I do is look at her brows and if they look bad, I just I just walk away. <laughs> 
They're like, I can't even do that. Well, and I'm like, it's so crazy because we were getting ready and I was like, I cannot believe I haven't had the Brit brow experience. Like literally I am just devastated and I feel so left out. And so I need, we're doing that. We're going to do that. I was actually like, we should do another show and bring on a few people because you do these amazing tutorials where you're helping people learn. And I know through COVID, that was really a big part of your role, um, the evolution of your role, the promotion in your role, and then what you've been doing with the academy. So, so talk about talk about that a bit. Like, how has it been being Brit Brow, being an artist, being able to touch and feel your clients to moving into this virtual world of doing so much online education? It was a challenge. I had no idea how I was going to effectively communicate just using my words to explain how to blend, how to what you should be paying attention to when applying makeup to your face. Because when I'm doing it on you, I'm looking at different things. And when you're doing it, sometimes you're just saying, well, it needs to go here. So you're just kind of putting it there. Whereas I say, well, it has to go at this angle or I don't want to apply it in the whole area, just focus it in one area. Uh, so it was learning how to talk, really. Personality-wise, I'm, I'm blunt. I just want to say it and be done with it. Um, so I had to learn a lot about language. I had to learn how to talk to people and be direct, but be gentle. I had to learn how to explain every movement I make, every thought process I have when picking up a tool, why this tool over another tool. And it challenged me and it stretched me. And I really think that that also helped my art grow in a time where I wasn't able to touch faces. I was still being able to learn and to grow because I had to figure out why I'm doing what I'm doing so that I can explain it to somebody else. Wow. I I hadn't even thought of it that way, but it makes so much sense because when you're doing makeup, my mom was um, the HR director for years and years, like for the city. And she loves makeup. And so she was, I remember when she did Mary Kay and Jaffra and like all the things just for fun and doing makeup. And then I think about, you know, I'm not professionally trained. I had that experience. But for you to be an artist, I feel like makeup artists are the ultimate perfectionist. Like my artists will be doing things and I'll be like, babe, we're good. It's all right. You don't need to smudge it. So you're now in this world where you have ultimate control because as an artist, you actually are the ultimate type A personality. Let's just be clear. (laughs) You are controlling, you're sculpting, you're architecting, and we're literally sitting there as a blank canvas. And so now the, the language that you're using, you know, we're all novices, so we don't understand it. And then you're literally in this screen having to be accountable because at the end, someone's going to be like, oh, you did or didn't do a good job because I still don't know how to do a wingtip. And you're like, well, I gave you everything that you needed. <laughs> but it's years and years of training, right? So that's really an interesting concept. How did you prepare yourself? Like, did it just kind of come natural because you've been doing it for so long? Um, was it something where you had to practice? Did you get feedback? I'm just, I'm fascinated by it, like personally. <laughs> no, it's all of that. It's it's everything you said. There is some natural talent. There were on the job training that you could not have gotten without just doing it and figuring it out. There was feedback. 
Um, there was practice. It was a little bit of all of that because it was new to all of us. So none of us really knew what the blueprint looked like. We had an idea, but we didn't know best ways to approach it, best language. And it's, of course, evolved. I can think about the very first class I taught up into the class I just taught, completely different experiences for all of us. I am able to read body language so much faster now. I am able to hear what you say, but know who you are. I am able to learn from my favorite thing to ask the the participants, the makeup artists is what is your favorite product? What are you loving right now? Because I feel as a makeup artist, I can learn your personality that way. I can figure out who you are based on what it is you love. Because if you're a girl who loves mascara, I'm going to pay attention to your eyes and what you do with your eyes. Because to me, it sounds like you want your eyes to be open and bright and catch the light. If you're a girl who loves lipstick, you love something about your lips, maybe the way they're shaped, maybe you love your smile. So it's something there. And then I'm able to figure out who you are. But it's so much because you have to figure that out quickly. Um, For let's say for the academy, it's 25 hours. So I only have Let's say I have six people in a class for 25 hours. I have to learn you day one so well so that I can kind of cater to you. Because even though the learning is the same, everyone receives information differently. And so I try my best to alter it to fit each class's need with still giving them the same information. So it was a lot of everything. And I come from a family. So you know how you'll have families that'll say, oh, we're all lawyers or we're all doctors. We're all educators in my family. And I, Kendra, I have been running from being an educator. I did not want to be a teacher all my life. People are like, but you're so good at it. Don't care. I'll never do it. Um, Because I saw how much work goes into it. Because if you care, and you're passionate about it, you can't just do it. There's going to be behind the scenes work. You're going to be up late thinking. You're going to be reformatting. You're going to be trying different things to figure out how can I make this better? So it's exhausting because you're always doing. And I saw my mother. She was a teacher for then She went to administration for LAUSD. So I saw all the work she put in and I said, no, don't want to do that. And then here I am doing exactly what she was doing. So it's funny how it happened, but at least it's, it's something that I love. So I'm good at it, but I love what I'm talking about. And I feel I feel guilty sometimes because I'm talking about wing liner all day. And then I'm like, somebody's paying me to talk about wing liner? <laughs> That's crazy. Um, And then speaking of wingliner, that is one of the most difficult things that I have to teach. And when I am doing a one-on-one with just the everyday woman who is very new to makeup, there's so many things that I have to prepare them for to get them to understand the angle of the wing. And then they don't get it right away. And so I tell them my transparency. Wingliner and I were enemies, not even frenemies. We did not get along. We didn't like each other. Uh, when I started at Blushington, Nikki, Nikki Marin is one of the co-founders. And she saw my hesitancy. So she started giving me all the clients that love Wingliner. And that forced me to have to practice and forced me to get better. And what I would do, because I know I needed to be better at it, every time, every day I came home from work, I would put wing liner on myself before I took my makeup off. And I, I would practice. And what you learn is, okay, that angle was slightly not so right. Maybe I'm going to take it up a little higher or a little lower or a little thicker or a little thinner. And then one day you just do it and it's perfect or perfect-ish. 
but it's in the right spot you know you didn't really ruin it and it's just that repetition but that took time so when they're getting frustrated I'm always trying to remind them I've been doing this for a long time I did it on myself every day for years so that I could get it right I I wish I was that makeup artist who's like I was good at liner from the day I popped out I've just been putting it on perfectly I've seen them and they're they're fascinating to me I'm in awe of their ability but that wasn't my story. Oh, great. I'm just like obsessed with you. I like, I just, I love this. There are so many things. And what I love is like all of the life's lessons, right? Because I like to say I have a mindset of an entrepreneur and an entrepreneur because I've worked in companies and then I've also created my own businesses. And you and I are kindred spirits in that way. Like you have your own thriving makeup artist business and you're the director of education for Blushington. And so I love this conversation and how you have to adapt to different circumstances. But the life lessons in this are tenacity. How do you turn your passion into profit? How do you take something that you're good at and practice and practice until you get it as perfect as you can? And I think as entrepreneurs, like we're constantly tinkering and twisting and like trying to hit that perfection spot. And the fact that you did it on your own, because it can be lonely, you know, whenever you're building your own business or whenever you're the only director of education in a program. And I just love that because you're like, I did it. I tried it. And I think people, it goes back to this overnight success notion that you're just going to pick something up. And for the people where they can wake up and do a liner, great. But for the majority of the people, we have to believe in ourselves and believe in the craft and have enough passion that we want to do it every day. And I think that's the blessing. The blessing is whenever you can say, oh my gosh, someone's paying me to get to do a winged liner. And talk about like, how you went. So you you become Brit Brown. You you master the art of brows. How did you meet the Blushington team? And what was that evolution into moving into, I'm not going to be an educator to now I'm the best educator and I have this amazing program that everyone wants to be part of. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Um, And you know what? I'm glad that you mentioned that because overnight success never is overnight. It's just you didn't see them and now you see them. That's the only thing that changed. Um, I am a perfectionist and that is my least favorite quality about myself. And I get angry when I can't get it right, but it usually takes me a while before I can get it right. So I'm angry at the beginning because I'm just, (laughs) I'm working hard. Um, So Blushington, I found out about them through a a former coworker. She was working there and she posted them. And I said, well, I've never heard of this place before, but I knew the area, their West Hollywood location. I'm familiar with the area. So I looked them up. I saw that they were a makeup company and different from any other brand I've come across because they were a service first business. We're usually their consumer first businesses. So I applied didn't get hired the first time. Well, um, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like that's really what it is. Most of my experiences, it didn't happen the first time. It took time. I had to go fix something, work on something, grow in somewhere before I could get that next step, before I was able to move into a new environment. And 
I know I'm talking about it like I just breezed through it. No, there were tears. There was depression. There was so much sadness. So it wasn't a breeze. It was it was a moment. Um, And I didn't I was frustrated that I didn't get it. I didn't understand why I didn't get it. It was all of that. But I applied again, maybe eight to nine months later. And I got it that time. So, yes, I was really excited. Um, Went through training. And it was, I like to call it like boot camp because you're getting so much volume of clients. So the practice that you're getting is is a lot more advanced than most freelance artists. You see maybe 10 clients a month when you're starting off as a freelance artist, where at Blushington, I was seeing eight, 10 clients a day. So I am that practice and you get so good. So what happens is your eye for detail enhances so much and now you're able to work fast. So I have this skill, I've developed this skill, but now I know what to look for. I know how to pay attention. I know what your skin needs by just looking at you most of the time. So I can begin the process while we're still talking about what you want to look like. I'm doing your skin prep. I'm almost halfway through. You're like, um, I'm done. Thank you. <laughs> right. And then I got it down to about 30, 35 minutes with lashes. And that was amazing. You know, that's the goal. So I was able to grow so much in my art in so many ways there and never really expected this type of position. I wanted to, I remember in store, I wanted to be a trainer. So I was talking to the manager about moving up to a maybe assistant trainer position and never thought much about it after that. So when we started doing the trainings for our virtual classes, that's the one-on-ones, they would ask me sometimes to help out with a newer trainee, a newer makeup artist, and I would. And it was it wasn't that it was out of left field. I just didn't see it coming. I really feel like that's what it was. I just didn't see it coming. But sometimes when you're naturally good at something, you don't see that you're naturally good at it because that's just how you do it. So I didn't see what they saw because to me, I was just doing what I normally do. Um, and immediately got the position and was given this ginormous project. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing? How did, is this, uh-oh, did I bite off too much here? Um, didn't know where to start. Uh, so you begin like you used to begin in, in um, grade school, start with an outline. So I started with an outline <laughs> and then it just, you know, build from there, continuing adding all of the things. And in conversation with one of the team members that was working with me on this, we were able to just, I was able to talk a lot of it out. And as an artist, I was able to hear things that I wouldn't think were important as I was talking them and saying them out loud. So we were able to add some of that language and some of those experiences, the hard lessons. Um, And one thing that we added that I love and really am excited to teach is when we talk about customer service, It's, it's a lost art. And I, don't want it to be lost. I want it to be a newfound art. I want it to be everyone's new favorite way to communicate. And I expressed to them that you're not just a makeup artist, you're a business. You don't have someone over you to tell you or to help you when you have a customer. I like to call them the extreme version of a customer. You don't have anyone to run out from the back to to put water on the situation, to ease the client. That's you. You have to do that. But you have to know how to talk to them. 
And like I told you, I was blunt. I was not good at that whole talking to them. So in teaching this, I had to learn how to talk. Well, if I have a client that says this to me, what would I say back? And then the students would challenge me. They would say, well, I had a client once who said this. What would you say? And I got, oh, gosh, what would I say? Because <laughs> um, in the moment you go, they said, what? You know, um, you have feelings. But it's about. Okay, so they're unhappy. How can I fix that? So it's addressing what they're unhappy about. And then I remind them, it's never personal. It's rarely personal. It's something else. You're just receiving the end of it. So it could have been a previous makeup artist who they thought did terrible or did terrible. It could have been an argument they had that morning with the loved one. It could have been things just weren't going their way that day or that week. So when you remove that, okay, it's not about me, it's easier to just, all right, so you don't like the liner. What don't you like about it so I can fix it? It makes it easier to approach the situation. Uh, You can find nicer words, calmer words. And sometimes just taking a really big, deep breath helps. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, or we can go back to that. (laughs) I, you know, I, I love this conversation because with all businesses, there's the element of customer service. Without the customers, we don't have a business. And I love that. It, it is an art. It's a science. And it's something that we have to work at because good customer service is, is similar but different than being a good friend, right? Yeah. Because with your friend, you can't be blunt. You can have these conversations. You know that they're going to love you. Your customers are not your friends. So you have to be able to communicate and deliver it. And The other thing I love, I've been reading this book and it talks about so much of it is just really not about us, like in our personal relationships and our business relationships and the perspective that we have to gain, right, to be in community, to be a good partner, to be a good, you know, director of education, a good wife, mom, all these things, because for most people, it really has nothing to do with you. And everyone is transferring what's happened to them into the current situation. And so when we can have perspective and to your point to say like this, something happened with another artist, she, you know, was having this other day, then it allows us to move past just the pure feelings and emotions that we have when someone is behaving in a certain way. And as a makeup artist, I mean, you're truly the closest to your clients. Makeup artists hear everything. They know everything. They're getting all the information. So you're absorbing it. (laughs) You're still having to perform and then you still have to be the one to keep everyone calm and keep your wits about you. And I, I love that you're, you're, you said like you're a makeup artist, but you're a business, right? And you are the sole proprietor of your company. And there's just so many lessons there that I think are really crucial. And in terms of even how you're educating, you're doing customer service, like what has been, I think, the most grounding lesson that you've learned for yourself as you continue to grow just kind of during this process? There's always something to learn. Uh, Just in any arena. And I have to remind myself that a lot, a lot, because I get, I get real proud. (laughs) (laughs) I have moments where I'm just like, I'm amazing. You can't tell me anything, you know, and I have to say, yes, you are amazing. However, there are things that you don't know. Um, And so a lot of the things that I say out loud to encourage and give confidence to the makeup artist, I'm talking to myself, too. 
It's not just here are some wonderful wise words that I have. No, these are things that I have to look at in the mirror and say to myself, not just daily, sometimes several times a day, like, hey, calm down. We know. We know you're feeling good. Just relax. You're great. We know. We know. Right. Um, and I also have to remember because there's so many personalities that come in the class. There are some personalities that come in and they have that I know everything personality. And the best way to reach them is letting them teach you something and remembering that they do have something to teach you. Everyone has had a different experience. So there's something that they've gained, learned, been taught that they can share with you. And it could be something that you hear that you say, I don't know, never to do that. It could be as simple as that. Um, so I learned so much patience with teaching. I that <laughs> my mother always says that I woke up with negative patience. <laughs> so that was always patience and humble were the things that I was always struggling with. And I learned to just relax. I was just so uptight for no reason. Why are you so uptight? Just take a deep breath. It's fine. Um, I Everything needed to be, as, as I said, being a perfectionist, it needed to be perfect. It needed to be just like this. And if it didn't, panic ensued. So having patience and just relaxing and remembering that there's so much to learn, but that I have knowledge. And I really have to shout out to Natasha Kornstein for all of that because she has definitely helped me remember those those core things and been there to gently say okay don't forget you do have knowledge and there's always knowledge to gain and that helps you not think that well I know nothing or I know everything no you know things but learn other things so I just try to be open open to new experiences open to whatever may happen Oh, oh my, you were just like touching my heart because it is, there's the humility piece, right? And, and what we do. And it's like, we all work on it. Right. And there's the balance of I'm amazing. I'm smart. Like it took me literally through my, the first company that I founded, um, digital brand architects to be able to say, this is what I'm really good at. Like, because I would hear it and I'd be like, Oh, I'm just like, not really sure. Even though I knew but I didn't want to be perceived. And then once I was able to say it, I was like, I'm going to hold on to these things because I am good at this and I need to claim it and I need to own it and I need to profess it. And then at the same time, I know these things that I'm not good at. And like, that's why when I created brain trust, the whole meaning is that I need to have smart people around me that I trust because I don't know everything. They don't know everything, but collectively together, we can do it if we can bring our brains together and trust each other. And so I love that. You know, we always say like patience is a virtue. I find myself like the same things my mom said, my six-year-old thinks she knows everything. And I'm like, chick, you don't know everything and you need to slow down. Like, You could tie your shoe if you just took patience and did the knots instead of telling me you don't need help. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's funny because it's like in all process of life, no matter how old we are, no matter how accomplished we are, if we live with patience and humility, we will go so much further and will be expanded. And, you bring up Natasha, who I just adore. I adore Natasha. She and I have just become so close. And she is another one who gives such great credit for the knowledge 
knows a lot, but is always like open to learn and gives everyone the space. And I think that the team between Natasha and Nikki and yourself and everyone at Blushington, you know, the Marins have just been phenomenal, the founders. And for everyone, Natasha is the CEO um, and has been with Blushington forever. So it's, it's just, it's fascinating. And I did have one question for you too, because I think there's this thing of balance, you know, with all of the founders and entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs that we talk about, there's the self-care and there's the balance. And you've talked about self-care. Um, I know I, I saw one of your IG posts and you're like, how are you doing self-care? And you've got your wine and all these things. But whenever you're so passionate, like I, I will find myself, you know, like the other day I was saying to the team, I woke up at 2.30 and then I wanted to go back to sleep and I was just so excited. Like I, so I was like, let me just go ahead and get started so I can stop thinking about it. So you're, you're working at Blushington, you're leading education, you're bringing new artists along with you, which is phenomenal. You're also doing brows. I did go onto your website to get an appointment and I did see on social that you're booked. You're also doing that and you're leading classes. So what does self-care and balance look like for you? I love skincare and skincare is totality, not just the face. So that's what it looks like to me. It's taking care of myself daily, regularly. So I have a very extensive shower routine (laughs) and I try to stay with it because it relaxes me. I steam for about 10 minutes. Then I exfoliate my whole body. Um, I'll do several exfoliants. I'll do a mask on my face and body while in there. Uh, I just I'll play really good music or I'll play a book. So I'm just in it. I create a whole mood. And then after I do my my full body routine and I have a full face routine that I do all of that before I go to bed to really relax me. I massage my scalp. I, of course, oil my scalp. I do all of the relaxing things because I love what I do. And so it does invade my life. It does invade my everyday. And I don't know. I don't think there is a clear boundary when it's what you love that you do. And because it's where I I do it everywhere. I do it with Blushington. I I talk about it when I'm educating. I talk about it with my friends. I talk about it with my family. Um, It's everywhere. So there is no clear, hard line. So I just have to make sure that I find those moments every day where I'm doing something just for me. Sometimes it looks like sleeping in one day. Uh, that just that simple. Sometimes it's that glass of wine at the end of the day. Uh, very simple. So it's the small little things that I do so that I don't exhaust myself. But I definitely love to go on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> That's also in there. My goal all the time is to go out of the country at least twice a year. So that is another way I self-care. But it's I love to get facials. I love to go get massages. So I'm taking care of my outer body, the organ that I can see. I love calling skin an organ because when I call it an organ, we think about it differently. We think about it as just this protective layer. You don't give it that love, but you love on your skin just the way you want to protect your liver and your heart and your lungs and your gut. You want them to be healthy. So it's what you do on the outside and the inside to keep it healthy. And I'm all about that. Oh, I love that. And it is the little things. Like I think sometimes we want it to be this 
big moment. And the reality is that we all don't have those big moments. So taking time in the shower, I love that I got this um, eucalyptus spray and I'm like, this is just going to be my moment. I'm just going to spray it and have an entire experience. And we have to find those little moments of self-care. And then we get the big moments like going on vacation twice a year. And I think people have to be willing to say, this is what I need to be at my best. And that's okay. Right. And I, I remember like when I was a junior, like account executive and, and I was just so scared to like take a vacation, to do all these things. And I think with that comes growth and age and experience. And you realize like, this is my body is my organ and I have to take care of it internally and externally. And it's really important. And so I I love that, like finding these simple moments and taking the time to enjoy it. If it's a glass of wine, if it's a shower, if it's a book, whatever it is. So I thank you. That's a good, that's a good tip. We can all find that moment. So I could continue to talk to you, which will continue this when I'm getting my brows done as soon as I can get an appointment in your schedule. <laughs> but we always like to close out the show with one brand that you're excited about. I know Blushington, I, first of all, I love what Blushington is doing. Blushington signed up for the 15% pledge I've been advising on the diversity in the brands that you all carry. There's over a hundred shops on Blushington Shop and Shops with different makeup artists and tastemakers. And it's such a fun shopping experience because you can truly see the curation of all of these different people that love skincare and makeup and products as much as we do. So kudos to you guys. So I know that this question is going to be hard. So you share what you can share and it doesn't have to be in our industry. It can be, you know, whatever you think our readers would love to know about. So let's talk about skincare. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what I love to try to educate people on is the importance of exfoliating. A lot of times we don't exfoliate. We'll do it too much. We don't do it enough or we don't do it everywhere. So what I like to do is I like to chemically exfoliate instead of uh, something abrasive. I like like to use glycolic. So we have um, a few brands that have that. One is glycolic, our glycolic treatment from Beauty RX. They have pads. It's a 10% pad. And I use that on my knees, my elbows and my feet. Wow! Drop the jewels! Drop the jewels! Yes. So what, what I've noticed you know, you just get older. Things don't do what they used to do. Your feet are a little bit harder in areas, even though you get the scrub all the time and you get the mask. It's just not enough. So that chemical is getting rid of all of that buildup of skin from over the years. You walk on your feet, so they just get a little hard to protect you, but you don't always want them to be that hard. So that exfoliation helps. Definitely for the elbows, it helps with discoloration if there's any, and for the knees. So I definitely encourage people to do that. Think about the whole body, not just the face. And then one of my self-care things is actually one of our Black-owned brands. It's Alara Apothecary. She has a wash and a body butter and the the fragrance is called Bloom. It has lavender in it and it smells phenomenal. I feel luxurious and I love to feel expensive. So (laughs) put it on. I feel like I cost a lot of money. It relaxes me. It finishes that spa vibe that I'm creating in my bathroom. So then I have this whole lavender spa experience and I'm ready and relaxed for bed and relaxed from the day. So those are my favorite 
everything right now. I tell anyone that ever asked me about what should I be using to exfoliate this? Everyone should be using it. <laughs> it works for everyone's skin. I have really sensitive skin. I still get heat rash like babies do. Uh, there's so many allergies that I have that I get really bad, terrible reactions to. So it works for me and my little tiny baby infant skin. So I know <laughs> that it'll work for a lot of people and it makes your skin soft. It gets rid of those areas that you'll see your pores. You can be like when you're putting makeup on, it kind of dips right there. It gets rid of the illusion of them being so deep and so large. It, it's it's game changing. I started using it last May regularly uh-huh. and somebody told me my skin looked poreless one day and oh. <laughs> a better compliment. <laughs> you were like, oh, that's the thing I've ever heard. Well, it's me, so I posed a few times for her just so that she could get all the angles. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it's amazing. And it just changes how you feel about yourself because you're watching your skin get better and then people are giving you compliments on your skin. It's not like, oh, your makeup looks nice. It's a wow, your skin looks nice. There's no better compliment than just a natural feature of you. And that's something that I like to say to my brow clients. I say, the goal is to get compliments when you leave me and I tell them if you've never had a brow compliment before you will definitely get one after you leave my chair (laughs) I love that (laughs) I love that okay I mean I'm set I literally was like I'm buying these products and you guys are so graciously giving all of the listeners um, a discount so everyone can go to blushington.com you can shop and buy appreciate that I can't wait to try it I first of all my mind is blown with the knees the elbows and the feet so I'm just literally about to go order so that I can use it on those couple spots. Yeah. Um, so thank you for just sharing the artistry of makeup. And I love how you've combined your passion, how you're really helping others, the lessons of humility and patience. It is just something that we can all, you know, use in our personal and our professional lives. So thank you so much, Britt. Appreciate you. So great to have you on the show. Thank you. I had such a good time. I'm getting my brows done in two weeks. I'm so excited. You dropped jewels and knowledge and appreciate you. And thanks to Britt. Um, we always like to share an influencer that we're checking out. So this week, make sure that you follow Aliri Apothecary. That's at I-L-E-R-A-A-P-O-T-H-E-C-A-R-Y. And as always, I also like to leave you with one thing from today's guest, and that is how are you finding the simple things to take care of yourself? Make sure that every day there's one simple thing that you do for your own self-care and to make sure that you are checking on yourself. And with that, follow, rate, and subscribe to Business of the Beat on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. We love to hear from you. Please make sure that you subscribe, that you rate, and that you leave a review. And until then, make sure that you're listening to Business of the Beat. Business of the Beat is hosted by Kendra Bracken-Ferguson, assistant producer Jenny Salk, executive producer Kendra Bracken-Ferguson, and Celessa Baker. Edited by Fishmar Creative. Executive producers Ken Johnson, Andrew Kalb, and Omar Thompson. Find Business of the Beat podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Amazon, Radio.com, or where you get your podcasts. Please follow, subscribe, and rate us. Business of the Beat is a Say It Loud Network production. 
Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.